0: Welcome back to the Balance Fawn Podcast, Soul on Fire. We're gonna make today's intro nice and short and sweet because I am having quite the week with my Lyme symptoms, and it's currently 1 o'clock PM on a Friday. Although I don't know what day of the week you'll be listening to this. Maybe Wednesday, the day it comes out, and I just got out of bed for the first time all day, although I've been awake since eight o'clock. I've just been in bed and it's Hudson's birthday, my little amazing spirit animal cat. So I've just been cuddling with him, working from bed, trying to ramp up the energy to record this intro. And if you're listening and you just have no idea what Lyme disease symptoms are like and I sound like, you know, just I'm speaking a foreign language to you because you just can't imagine what I'm talking about and why I've been so bedridden, then you're in the right place because today we have an absolute expert on Lyme disease, Allie Hilfiger, the author of Bite Me, her journey through so many years battling this disease and just journey through her life. It's a memoir. It's an incredible book. One of the very first books that was recommended to me when I was diagnosed just a little over a month ago. I, of course, fell completely down the rabbit hole of all things Allie Hilfiger and reached out to have her on the podcast. She was kind enough to say yes and come over and we had a fabulous chat about all things Lyme. You might recognize Allie from a couple different places. She was on one of the first ever reality TV shows called Rich Girls way back when I think I was in middle school, which makes sense because I'm just a couple years younger than her and she was right out of high school when Rich Girls came out. So MTV's Rich Girls, although as you know, maybe from her book, it really didn't portray Ali the way that she actually is. So you'll enjoy getting a deeper look into her heart and her personality and her soul today. She's also the daughter of Tommy Hilfiger. So she comes from a long dynasty of fashion designers, and she too is a designer. She had her own clothing line called Nam, which she closed a few years ago to focus on her health and move to Los Angeles with her wonderful now husband and her daughter, Harley. Cutest thing ever. Follow Allie on Instagram to get really cute looks of her adorable, very California, sort of hippie-like family. They live in Silver Lake and that, as many of you know, is my dream life. So one day, maybe, maybe Jonathan and Hudson and I will end up on that side of town too. She is also working on a new clothing line, which you will hear a little bit about in this episode. And she's just an all-around incredible high vibe, very positive influence and huge advocate for the Lyme disease community. She's very involved with the Global Lyme Alliance, who I love, and many, many other organizations because she has lived through it. So she knows the pain. She knows the struggle. It's so real. And she has just done so much to raise awareness. I feel like when I say that I have Lyme disease, most people will either say, oh, do you know of Yolanda Hadid or Ali Hilfiger? Because those two women have just really dedicated a huge portion of their lives to telling their story, sharing so vulnerably to raise awareness for this disease that is so misunderstood by the medical community and just the population at large. So we're working to change that. And it's really just a lighthearted, very uplifting conversation. So if you're worried that it's about to be an episode all about this scary disease and you don't feel like listening to something like that, just know that it's a really, really positive outcome for Allie. She is completely in remission. She's what so many of us with Lyme aspire to be. And she has so many great tips and tricks for us to get there. So I think you'll really enjoy. In fact, I know you will. And I'm just so grateful for this podcast that allows me to reach out to people who inspire me and meet them, have them on the podcast, share the conversation with you. We can all learn Better our lives, heal, do all the self care, self love. It's pretty cool. So, before we dive into the episode, I wanted to take a second to talk about one of our sponsors for today's show, Hum Nutrition. So, you guys know I am all about that Hum Nutrition life, the all natural line of beauty supplements that I have been taking for a couple years. They are just the most pure, the most potent on the market. They're gluten-free. They are sustainably sourced, non-GMO, organic, natural, as can be all that good stuff. The only, 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 only things that I put into my body are completely natural. So since I've talked a lot about Hum, you guys know a lot about this wonderful, wonderful company, all about beauty starting and radiating from within. So today I thought I would tell you about one of the products that I use all the time in my daily life that I just love from Hum and that is the Daily Cleanse Supplement. So Daily Cleanse is all about clearing skin and clearing the body from toxins. So this fits into today's episode a lot because detoxifying from Lyme is a huge part of my life right now. And the reason why Daily Cleanse really works is because they have all of these incredible ingredients in the product from organic chlorella to beetroot, red clover, dandelion root, grapefruit, milk thistle, zinc, selenium, manganese, copper, spirulina, and matcha green tea. So isn't that kind of incredible that All these different things that we seek out in our healthy lifestyle, like spirulina, chlorella, zinc, we can take in one little pill. It's just a little blend of herbs and nutrients. And it also has algae and amino acids, all sorts of protein, vitamins and minerals I love my daily cleanse. It is part of my attack against Lyme. And then a new thing that Hum Nutrition has that I love is their Collagen Pop, which is a dissolvable collagen and vitamin C boost for firm and hydrated skin. Something else that really works and boosts collagen levels, upgrades your water, makes it taste like rose and lemon, just all of the good things. So head over to humnutrition.com. And use the code SOUL, S-O-U-L, for 20% off at checkout. Awesome deal for our Soul on Fire tribe. And there's a lot of cool things. When you go to humnutrition.com, you can click on the tab that says Our Nutritionists, and you can learn exclusively, work exclusively, from the best registered dietitian nutritionists who have a huge wealth of experience and academic training in nutrition and they can help align you with the supplements that are best for you. So how perfect is that? How amazing is that? I'm so into it and use the code soul 20% off hum nutrition you guys are the best. And then our second sponsor before we dive into the episode with Ali, Omax 3 Ultra Pure. So I'm just hitting you guys today with all the supplement talk, because when you are full of toxins like me and you need to start ridding your body of the toxic waste that has accumulated from living life in 2018, then supplements, supplements, supplements. So I told you all about hum nutrition. Now I want to discuss with you the importance of omega-3s because I have learned since starting to work with Omax 3 Ultra Pure, which I also take every day, that over 75% of Americans don't get enough omega-3s in our diet. So think about that. Over 75%, that's three in four people. Three in four people listening to this podcast at any given moment are low in omega-3s. And that's important because omega-3s, help to alleviate joint pain and muscle soreness. They make you feel your best, especially post-workout. I know we have a lot of active people in this tribe and they can also help to improve focus and memory, boost cardiovascular health and more. And I've found when you're low in omega-3s, you just have no energy speaking from a place of someone who has been very, very deficient, especially because in my diet, when it comes to food, I'm fully vegan, fully plant-based. I am really, really low in omega-3s. So OMAX 3 Ultra Pure is not vegan, but if you're intuitively plant-based like myself, then it's a really, really, really good thing to add into your diet. They are almost 94% pure. So that is pure with omega-3 fatty acids. That's the purest concentration on the market and they've patented their ratio of 4 to 1 specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain. So as you'll see in this episode with Allie and myself, Lyme causes joint pain and inflammation galore. So if you're struggling with autoimmune, please do check out Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Head over to their website, tryomax.com slash blonde to get a box of OMAX 3 Ultra Pure for free with your first purchase. That is tryomax.com slash blonde to get your free box with your order. So that's like a buy one, get one free deal with that first purchase. T-R-Y-O-M-A-X dot com slash B-L-O-N-D-E terms and conditions to apply for that free box. So now you have a little self-care toolbox between Hum Nutrition, that amazing daily cleanse supplement that I take every day to rid my body of toxins, full of chlorella, spirulina, all the good stuff, and OMAX 3 Ultra Pure to hit me with those fatty acids always here to share the realness with you guys of what's working and without further chit chat let's head into this episode with one of my absolute idols to be honest Allie Hilfiger I'm so glad that you're here. Just kind of blown away that I'm actually sitting on a couch with you Uh because I devoured your book, as you know, and I had heard of you for so many reasons in the past. First of all, with Rich Girls, which we can get into (laughs) your past, past, past. And then um, when your book came out, I heard you on Lauren and Michael's podcast and That's So Retrograde. But I didn't really have much of a personal connection to Lyme, so it was just an interesting story. And then I got diagnosed with Lyme. No,
1: that's no coincidence, right?
0: mm -hmm. Uh, And so many people listening are probably aware of that by now if they if they follow me and listen to this podcast and. Then I can't even tell you at least 20 people that I personally know said, You have to meet Allie Hilfiger. Oh, wow. So many people, like all of our Mind Body Green crew. And I didn't go to Revitalize this year because I was very You were in treatment. I learned that you spoke yeah. and um, was just kind of in awe at the synchronicity of of all of it, like all the overlap. And yeah. yeah. And then I devoured your book. So many different paragraphs and parts of it were just like, as if it was describing my life and even my childhood, which bears the question, how long, how long have I had this? Yeah, and, sure. Um I'm glad that, you know, at least kind of when, when you got your tick bite, but for everyone who doesn't know uh tell our listeners
1: who you are and how this came to be well, firstly, thank you so much for having me, and you have a lovely home. It's always an honor to be with somebody who's you know on a journey of awareness basically and and self discovery we'll call it <laughs> yeah well i was I was bitten by a tick when I was seven years old. And my mother removed the tick, sent it to the town hall to get it tested. And the results came back as inconclusive, which infuriated her, but it just, she had to accept those results. And I believe she brought it to a second doctor and they said, you know, we just, we just can't tell right now because the testing is so inaccurate. So we went on and life went on and, you know, throughout elementary school, my joints would start to hurt and I would be very tired and I would have a lot of strep throat cases and migraines. And the, 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 the joint pain was sort of the, the main culprit. And the pediatrician just said, Oh, it's just growing pains. And so we thought, okay, fine. We didn't know much about Lyme disease. We just said, that's fine. And then when and my mom had four kids, so it wasn't like, oh well, she got a tick, and this is this must be it. I mean, she was so busy; she was running a business. My dad was really busy, so it, it wasn't sort of like this linear, investigative, easy connecting the dots situation. <laughs> so uh, you know, as time went on, again, I more and more joint pain. I started to faint and pass out uh, during sports. Migraines continued. My ability to read and retain information was deteriorating. My eyesight was going in and out. Low blood pressure thing, I didn't re- until recently understand what that was about. I just thought I was sort of low blood sugar. I didn't realize it was something called POTS disease or POTS disorder, which Lyme disease can absolutely cause. And it's a low blood pressure disorder. And you just have to drink lots of water, eat extra fat and salt, which I love. So Delicious, totally fine with me. And so anyway, I, you know, I was like in ninth grade, and I said to my mom and dad, I, I don't think that I can go to school anymore. I just can't. I can't retain information. I can't read anymore. And anyway, I was in this play, and it was taking up a lot of time. And they said, well, let's just we'll send you to a different school that's a bit easier and i did that and it was fine and then i moved to new york city and i started working i started producing film i produced a film called proud which is now a feature film so at incredible. like 16 years old or 17 it was just you were so young totally unbelievable but i loved it all the while having these joint pains and these you know issues but nobody knew what, what the cause of it was we went to many 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 different doctors some people said it was rheumatoid arthritis. Some people said it was multiple sclerosis, which scared us to death. So as time went on, and then I produced and, and starred haphazardly in the show Rich Girls by MTV, um, which was a wild journey and wild experience. And I think the stress of that show was a huge catalyst for the disease to spread. Because as, as we all know, stress is a major catalyst for any disease. It really, it, it multiplies cancer. It, 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 stress is not good for, for anyone. And, and this was an extremely stressful experience for me. And I, and I think it just sort of flared up anything that was going on. It flared it up to a degree that no one, no one really expected. And after the show aired... I was kind of lost. I wasn't I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. I was living with my boyfriend in Miami and and I started having panic attacks and I started having all these strange psychological issues that had never manifested before. And I ended up in a essentially a mental institution, if you will. It was C- completely beyond anything I could have ever imagined happening to me. But my poor father was so desperate. My mother just thought I needed to see a psychic. She was like, she just needs a good healer and a psychic. And you know what? She was probably right. My mom. Yeah. I think I'm she might've like been right on that. Spirituality. But I ended up on that, in <laughs> yeah. that hospital. And, you know, I, I was brought back into my body. I, I had left my body. I couldn't. I couldn't live in my body anymore because it was so painful. Yeah, I was in so much pain. Too painful. It was painful physically. It was painful emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I was just. I was tapped out, so I, I went bye bye for a while, <laughs> and thank God I I came back into my body, but in a way that was bizarre. It was sort of all very bizarre. It was like a a strange Twilight Zone film I felt like I was in. And thankfully, I I requested to switch doctors in the hospital and this wonderful woman walked in and I call her the purple goddess. And I had a statue of Ganesha that my mother brought into my bedroom. I had her on my little desk and the doctor came in and she said, good morning, Ganesha. And I was like, oh, this woman's cool. She gets it. She perfect for you. And she was like, sweetheart, we're going to get you out of here. don't worry. And as time went on, I continued to see this, this doctor and, you know, I was so frightened. I was so frightened that I was put into this place. She said, what, you know, how, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know, not, not well, I'm waking up in a pool of sweat every day. I can't get to sleep. I can't make decisions to save my life. I feel shaky all the time. I feel nauseous. I have headaches almost every other day, mostly on Wednesdays, which is so weird and random. Yeah, How interesting. I have joint pain that keeps moving all over my body. And I still can't think straight, even though I'm completely clear-minded. I mean, I had nothing going on. I was like working in my mom's, uh, in her design studio, organizing swatches and samples. Like I had nothing going on. Mm -hmm. And... She's like, have you ever been tested for Lyme disease? And I was like, oh yeah, a few times. And it just kind of came back borderline or inconclusive. One doctor said I might have it, but the titers weren't high enough to diagnose it. And she said, you need to go see another doctor. I think you have Lyme disease. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So I went and he called me two weeks later and he was like, oh boy, you have... Lyme disease and the co-infection. Nobody talks about the co-infections, by the way, right. because ticks and mosquitoes and spiders that carry Lyme don't only carry Lyme; they carry many other things. And the co-infections can be some of the most difficult things to, to combat. In my case, my co-infection was Bibesia which is the cousin to malaria. Mm-hmm. Hence, I have the night that sweats one too. Do yeah, you? Yeah, oh, you poor dear. I'm sorry.
0: Eight. You have eight, eight different co-infections. Oh my my. I didn't even know that that existed until
1: I was diagnosed. The co-infections are a big, big, big deal. Oh God, I'm so sorry. We have a lot lot on your plate. Absolutely. And now it's a full-time job. And so once I got diagnosed, this was my full-time job. And I was so resistant because I just wanted to live life. I wanted to work. I wanted to start my own company. I wanted to start my own clothing line. I, I loved styling. I loved, you know, I was a very social person. And I had to be reminded every week, your only job is to heal. Your only job is healing. Your only job is healing. And what I learned is that ultimately, maybe one of my purposes in life was to help heal others. But that mission could not come into fruition unless I truly was able to heal myself. So I really dove into it and I really committed and in your 20s, it's difficult to do that. So I kind of went back and forth with it, you know, awake and asleep, awake and asleep. I call it pressing the snooze button. Mm-hmm. And uh after being on antibiotics and all these crazy things for seven years, and you know, I was literally, there was no, there was not one summer in my 20s that I was not bedridden. Do you think that's because you were
0: go, 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 go all year. And then in the summers, you just had to go home and heal. Yeah,
1: it was a pattern. My body's pattern that it became used to was to be, feel, it would sort of relapse or feel unwell uh, in the springtime. And then I would, you know, go on a treatment in the springtime, in the summer, And then feel sort of better by the fall. And then by the late fall, start working again and exactly run myself under the ground because I was so anxious and excited to sort of live life and accomplish things and to feel accomplished. I needed to feel accomplished. And my drug is work and productivity. And so I hide in that, which is why I worked so much in my teens to ignore what was going on. I, I, I fell into work. I was not good in school. I was not a stu- I was not a good student. I probably had many learning disabilities on top of the Lyme disease. And so I just thought, well, I'll work and I'll be good for that. And that's, you know, that's a pattern of mine. But this, this whole experience was so fascinating to me because I ne- needed to sort of wake up and say, this is no longer working and what needs to change. And I was just like, oh my God, I cannot go through another treatment. I can't do it. I cannot put my body or my mind through another round of this. So my dad said, well, why don't we try something alternative? And I knew that would take a lot more commitment and a lot more patience and a lot more time, a lot more discipline, which, you know, I'm a Pisces. So I was Mm. just like, you know, disciplines like out the window. Right. Thank God I had the Virgo rising. Oh, Virgo <laughs> rising, earthy. Yeah, yeah needed that. I, I needed that, that structure. I'm all air. Are you? Air signs. Mm-hmm. Oh, how neat though. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I think that's helpful because when you, you know, in, in this whole experience through the healing and learning discipline and having to go to this extreme of being really strict about diet about being really strict about routine and strict about, you know, even meditation and strict and stringent about this schedule of when I had to take the drops and the homeopathics and the vitamins and this or that. I mean, it was such a stringent, structured life. And what I learned now, what I can, how I live my life now is wearing it all like a loose garment. And completely fluid because the obsession with all of this, it became an obsession. It became a job. And it became a, 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 the only way for me to survive was that I I could not even take a bite of something with gluten in it without my mm-hmm. brain inflaming. Well, now it's different. Now I'm able to be more balanced and not take everything so seriously. because. And it's because I spent so much time healing myself physically. And now I'm able to sort of be way more free and way more relaxed and like not, I don't do anything to the extreme at this point, except for love up my daughter. (laughs) Which is amazing.
0: So that's incredible because you were so dedicated to the path of healing. You are now in this place where... You can be fluid and live your life and manage your symptoms without falling back into that pattern of having to just completely be bedridden because of the pushing and just not taking that time to really draw inward and intuitively feel within your body what do you need to heal and to feel
1: better. Exactly. And there's no more denial. You know, I was sort of the queen of denial and 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 thinking, "Oh, I feel a little bit limey, but I'm just going to ignore it and keep going Oh, that sounds familiar so as soon as it comes up, I just go take a nap I just go take a nap, no big deal, take a nap, have a little juice, don't have to mm-hmm. make it some big, huge scenario, yeah, and just move on and you know go to a funny movie and laugh my head off and you know th- that's the thing is is it is once you know, I really turned a corner and everyone says, well, how did you do it? How did you get better with how sick you were? I was, I was one of the, some of the doctor's worst patients they'd ever seen. You know, it was this whole thing is I had identified as a sick person for so long that it became part of my identity. And this whole, like, you know, on this wellness journey, it became so much of my identity that I, I lost myself. And I became comfortable in that position. And you subconsciously become this victim and this slave to the disease or to wellness even. Mm -hmm. So once I realized why I was subconsciously holding on to the disease, what was it doing for me? Why did I need it? Why wasn't I ready to really let it go? once I was able to identify those things, and it's different for everybody. And it's not that it was my fault. It was I needed to learn how to take care of myself. I needed to learn how to be honest with myself. I needed to learn all of these interesting things that the disease gave me like as a gift. But I knew that I my body was continuously holding on to it and I was really until I was really deeply ready to let it go and to let go of what I was using it for that's when I the real healing started and it was a lot of crying it was a lot of letting go it was a lot of facing fears it was a lot of um owning certain things about myself or about my life that I wasn't ready to fully own and really just dropping into what i authentically want to do in my life so until that happened <laughs> i was on a hamster wheel yeah
0: and that's hard to do yeah. because once you identify something as part of you for so long like i can totally relate i don't remember a time in my life where i wasn't sick with whether it be stomach issues is how it all started you know, through when I think I probably got Lyme and then became a really sick person for so long, never knew what was wrong. And then for the last nine months have had this head to toe hives, um, eczema rash that has now just recently started to go away because of some of the herbs and new treatments it's really hard, I'm finding, to even begin to detach from
1: this identification of myself with being sick. through the detox period that you're going through right now, which is so fantastic that you're doing, because when, you know, don't take, don't, don't get me wrong. You do have to take it quite seriously when you're doing it. And if you really stick to it and, and stick to the program that's, that's been given to you by, by a doctor or practitioner, and you do the complete detox, you're not only going to be detoxing physically, but a lot of deep emotional things and sort of spiritual imprints that we were born with, even in our DNA, will start Mm -hmm. to come out if you allow it, if you ask it to. So I I found that talking to my body was a huge element to the healing and saying, all right, guys, and even talking to the spirochetes, because spirochetes are, are the Lyme disease. It's like a little bacteria thing. And... You know, visualizing dandelions wrapping around each cell and each sort of joint that was in pain and sending a lot of love to it and saying, whatever is ready and willing to come out, just come out. I'm ready for it. And you're going to have to grin and bear it. But that detox and the pancha karmas are fantastic, by the way. I'm so glad you do those. Yes. And committing to this detox period will, will liberate you for your future. And you'll not have to take everything so goddamn seriously. You'll just be able to go and have ice cream and dance down the street. I cannot wait. And you will. And, you know, this, you know, the whole thing of, of visualization is just so, it's so fantastic that people are underst- starting to understand this now because the power of vis- visualization has been one of the most essential tools in my toolbox. And I have this whole sort of toolbox theory that Mm -hmm. I talk about all the time where, you know, what's in your toolbox and what can we add to it, etc. You know, sometimes it's, you know, what's a funny movie that makes me feel good? Mine's anything with Diane Keaton. I love her. (laughs) Me too. You know, like, you know, going and buying flowers at Trader Joe's and arranging them around my house is that is I love that such a mood lifter for me going to the farmer's market um going to the beach and listening to great music going out and dancing you know drinking great tequila with my friends and grilling and telling funny stories uh, wonderful healers panchakarmas meditations i mean sort of you you run the gamut and it doesn't have to be so left or so right it can be everything
0: yeah i love that because i think so often we think of the toolbox being another set of guidelines or things that that just pile on top of everything else, like the supplements and the medications and the doctors and the treatments. But like you're saying, when you view it as really the mood lifters, the the things that you enjoy, mm-hmm. because when you live life and you enjoy life, that's when you start to heal. Yes. Even if you're so sick and you're in so much pain, having those things in your life are so key. And I've found that lately with having to just completely restructure my life and not really being able to work. And I can relate so much to what you said with work being a huge part of How you coped and your identity because you couldn't do a lot of other things because you were sick and you had the brain fog and so many other things you were dealing with, the pain, but you could work really hard at what you loved and you could be really, really good at it because you had the passion and that never dies. So I did the same thing and the stress just overtook me, even though I love it. And I've had to take all this time off, which has been so strange because then again, I've kind of lost at least a part of what I thought my identity was, but I'm so happy for the gift of learning that's not really me and I'm blossoming into something else and maybe who I really am at my core spiritually and opening up psychically and all of this to say that because I have had to take a huge step back from my previous routine I am relearning all the things that I really love and having a lot of fun with it. And like just taking weekends off, like most people do. And I take off more than just weekends these days, but just to really not even look at my phone. And I realize after a weekend, like we're sitting here on a Monday morning, and I feel so good because I recharged with the people that I love did things I love, went to the farmer's market, cleaned my place. And
1: it's just interesting. Well, it's funny because, you know, you look back on life sort of when you're maybe on your deathbed, for example, and think, God, why did I, why was I so linear with everything? Why did I sort of fit into this, this social structure of you got to work Monday through Friday and like, it's just, no, that's all going out the window. Now you have things like the two day work week and all these great books. And It's, it's, life is just too short. Yes, it is. And I love
0: that. And that for people like us who, who really prioritize work and which can be great when you're Mm -hmm. passionate about it, but it's so important to remember that life is not so linear, like you said. Yeah. Okay. Just a brief interruption to this episode with the fabulous Allie figure to tell you guys about a coffee alternative I'm absolutely loving right now. So you guys already know that I use Four Sigmatic mushroom coffee all the time, but there's something that I like to use it with right now, and that is called Rasa Coffee. Coffee with a K. It's basically like coffee, but better. It's the very first coffee alternative to offer functional health benefits, adaptogenic herbs, and calm energy with absolutely no caffeine. Their product contains herbs that are lovingly sourced from Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and Western herbalism in a balanced and delicious brew that tastes not only delicious, but also offers a ridiculous list of health benefits. If I listed them all out, you guys would probably not believe me, (laughs) but I'll tell you just a couple. First and foremost, it offers amazing adrenal support and adrenal support is huge because it is on the rise. If you haven't noticed and drinking coffee really, really, really depletes our adrenals really just messes them up. And as somebody who has had huge adrenal issues, adrenal fatigue, because my body couldn't handle coffee, I'm so happy to have an alternative that I can have in the morning with my morning ritual. You can brew it in a French press just like coffee or brew it along with coffee for a nourishing, truly delicious boost. That cuts that acidity out of your life and gives you stable energy that lasts throughout the day. So, Rasa has a pH of six, making it pretty neutral, especially compared to coffee. And coffee is very acidic and it's not weak like many other coffee alternatives. So, my favorite way to drink Rasa is actually mixed with four sigmatic chaga. So, I get that double boost. I get those four sigmatic adaptogenic shrooms with all the Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, herbalism benefits of Rasa coffee. I also know that Jonathan, who has been drinking it lately as well, likes to drink Rasa with bulletproof style. So with some vanilla ghee, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of maple syrup, and he also puts Four Sigmatic in there as well. So we are a big Four Sigmatic Rasa coffee blender bunch over here in our household. And sustainability is also super important to Rasa. Not only are they compostable in their packaging and their shipping practices, but they also source their organic herbs in a very kind and loving way. So that's all a really big deal to me. Um, you guys already know that I like to sip on my morning beverages. It's a huge part of my day, part of my ritual. So try it out. I would recommend blending with some four sig, Rasa coffee, is the bomb. Use the code BLONDE15 over at rasa coffee.com. That is r a s a k o f f e e.com to get 15% off your first order and that is going to be pretty cool. You guys know, adaptogens are the bomb, especially if you're dealing with a chronic illness like myself and Allie in this conversation, although Allie is now healed. So We'll dive back into the episode, check Rasa out, support them, and give them some love. So something that I really wanted to talk to you about, because I find so far that this short time of knowing what I have, Lyme disease, a lot of people don't recognize the severity and the true pain that comes along with it and how how bad it can get. Well, it was because you look
1: great. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. You look great. I you know. look normal. You look healthy right. because you're on all these things. And that is the most frustrating thing. It's so frustrating. And because you do have bursts of energy and you do have sort of moments or even days of of clarity and health and you're fine. You look totally normal. You seem fine. You've got energy. You're doing this podcast. I mean, how could you not be well? Exactly. I know. And it's just totally... And naive and ignorant, that's all it is, right, and they're just people who just you know who cares what they think, right it's just, ugh, whatever, they, no, they just don't get it, and God bless them it's too bad, right it's I'm too bad, you. And, and you know what aren't they lucky that they don't have to feel what I felt or what you're feeling aren't they lucky beyond and so they're so out to lunch with it that they they didn't even have to well, good for them, they didn't have to feel it, well, that's fine, you know they, <laughs> right they just, they just it's fine, you know. I cared so much about, oh God, thinking, well, God, I, I, I've been sick and I haven't even been able to call this person back, but I can show up to her birthday party for an hour. Maybe she thinks I'm an asshole because I am doing this and I'm going to look fine for an hour and then not look fine for five hours. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's such a difficult thing to wrap your head around and how to exist with it in the world in this normal sort of human world that we live in. But if you can kind of leap out of it and say, well, I'm going to show up when I can show up and I can't when I can't and that's it. And if people just don't get it, then they're not people who I want to have in my life. Right. And that's a huge thing
0: too, is just learning in these situations, the
1: toxicity that you may have with the people around you. It's not even toxic. It's just people who are on a different, path Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And they have different experiences. It it doesn't necessarily mean that that they're toxic though. It just means that their experiences are different than ours and they might not align or fit into our path at this moment. Yeah. You know, and to just send them love and to send yourself love and forgiveness and compassion. And that's it. That's all it is. You can look at it all rosy. It doesn't have to be black and white.
0: I love that. Yeah. yeah. And on the on the really beautiful end of it, it really shows you in your path who is meant to be a part of your life and those people who step up and show up and support you. And I know you found that with your now husband. Yeah. And I know from the book, when you met him, it was like this magical moment of probably past life recognition. Yeah. And how beautiful. that. I know
1: he completely gets it. He was such a gift. He and my daughter are just the biggest gifts in my life.
0: And tell us about that because I know that there's some, there was some back and forth about whether you were going to be able to have children and now you have a beautiful daughter. Well, you
1: know that the fear when you're sick with especially Lyme disease is that you really shouldn't have a child for many reasons. One, the fear of passing it down through the placenta, which is very real. If it's a very act, I mean, and listen, the research is coming out and being published and happening right now around this. But I, you know, I can say that I've seen many cases of people who had active Lyme, who had a child who passed down to their kids. It happens all the time. And that was a big fear. Another big fear is, was I healthy enough to carry a child? Was I healthy enough to raise a child? you know, with the fatigue and a a newborn and the hormones and the stress. Uh, These were all very real things in my life and really real questions, honest questions. I mean, when I found out I was pregnant, we had to sit down and think, can we go through with this? Can we have this child? Will it be wise? Will it be the right thing to do? And we had to defer to many doctors and and different people. And, and we got, we got the green light. And my, and my instinct was that this was okay, that, that this was really great. But in the middle of the pregnancy, or at the sort of toward the end, you know, I had a couple of complications, and I had to be on bed rest. Normal sort of things for any pregnant person, not due to Lyme necessarily. And I remember being in one of the birthing classes, and then you know, going around saying, "What's what's your greatest fear?" You know, one woman said, "The baby will come out with three heads, or backwards, or inside out." One person said that my husband will run away and never should come back. And I broke down and just sobbed and said that after I give birth, I will go into a serious Lyme relapse and not be able to take care of my baby. It was a real fear. And it was so good to identify it and sit with it and look at the steps. If it did happen, Steve and I looked at the realistic steps of what the first phone call would be. What the steps were to deal with that, if that were to happen, and it didn't, thank God. But it was so comforting for me to have that roadmap in that toolbox, just in case I could not get up to help my baby. And you know, there was something about. By the way, the Lyme disease titers were low enough. I was in. I was in remission and so healthy. I was in remission enough for it to be totally fine. Didn't pass on to Harley. She's totally healthy and great. Um, Knock on wood. Right. No, that's amazing. Um, But I I think there was something about the cell regeneration during pregnancy and the hormone Mm -hmm. and the immune system and all these boosting, growing, amazing things that happen when you're pregnant. I think that it was sort of the magic wand that helped me really turn the corner because all of a sudden I was able to like eat whatever I wanted without shutting down. Wow. It was the best. I gained 56 pounds. <laughs> I mean, granted, I was underweight mm-hmm. because of all of this 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 strict diet I had to be on. I was underweight. And the doctors were like, honey, you you gotta you gotta just sit on the couch and gain weight for this baby. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> this is great. You know what I mean? And so I I did it and it was fantastic. And um gosh, ever since then, ever since I became a mother, it was, I, I don't know. I, I feel much healthier, much, 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 much healthier. And I have a lot more balance in my life, you know, and um, you know, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. And you know, I can get Lyme disease again I Can get bit again. I can get bit here in California. Lyme disease is an all 50 right. states and 80 countries. It's in California. It's in Silver Lake. I just heard of a guy that got bit by a mosquito that got no, paralyzed from Lyme.
0: No way. That's mm-hmm. everywhere. Right. So then a question I have for you is because you have had Lyme and it's in remission, does it make you extra susceptible? I would I would wonder, to getting it again. Oh, that's
1: a good question. I'm not sure. Just like immune system one. It makes me extra aware. Yeah, well, <laughs> and that's a good, beautiful but, thing. you know, that, that's a. have never asked that question to anybody. I'm not sure. My thought would be yes, um, you know, for all of us,
0: just because the immune system is so taxed by going through something like Lyme, that it might be... Easier for it to flare up again, mm-hmm. but then maybe it wouldn't because of all of the right. healing work that you've done. Well, so it's
1: probably I do know this: is that if I catch a cold or I get a, or I get the flu, it hits me much harder than other people, mm-hmm. and it takes me a lot longer to recover. Mm-hmm. So I do know my immune system is you know was was beat up for so many years and the. It, I have those like points in my body that are more sensitive than others. So like if I'm, I I cannot function on five hours of sleep. Cannot do it. Won't happen. My brain doesn't work, you know. Right. Joint pain the whole nine. So I know that I need to get x seven to eight hours of sleep. You know, I know what I need to do. I know... That if there's too much on my plate, I need to cross a couple off the list so I don't overwhelm myself because I will flare up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just my body reminding me, sweetheart, you need to slow down. That's all it is. Exactly. Yeah. And when you look at it
0: that way and you're in communication with your body, it's it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of forces you to be more intuitive and more in touch with your body which is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I think so. So now that you are in remission and you feel so much better, which is so amazing, what kind of symptoms still pop up that you have to manage like you mentioned the joint pain if you don't get enough
1: sleep mm-hmm. And um, CBD helps with that a lot. Mm-hmm. CBD helps with joint pain. so if I've over if I've overdone it or if I exercised, you know, exor- certain exercises is is, is in, in sort of flares me up a little bit, so, like high intensity exercise. Yeah, I can't really do that. So I do like you know yoga, walking. Swimming, they say, but there's no pool around. So, right, I where don't... do you go to yoga and swim? Lake? Really? I go to the Raven. I love the Raven. Yeah, I go to the Raven. I love I was it there. You would say, but that I haven't it's gone so to yoga to in months. Like, yeah. so I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. but still, in I theory, mean, it's a beautiful I go thing. to the Raven. <laughs> yeah, I love the Raven. But I've, I've been too busy and. Is this okay, Some, that Hudson? Okay oh yeah, with no. Us? I'm a little scared of cats. I'll okay, be honest, well, but it's he, a good test. Yeah, he won't bite. He's gonna you, be fine. He won't scratch or anything. No, he definitely won't. It's just this strange little fear. I was facing my fear. They're so beautiful. I used the to animals. be afraid of cats. Did you too? I never had. I never had an animal in wow. my life
0: until I had Hudson, oh. and then I got this crazy. Sorry that he's on your sweater. No, I don't mind. I don't mind the um, hair or anything. Yeah. I just I'm,
1: I have this strange like. Non-realistic fur about the claws digging into my skin and not letting go. A
0: lot of people feel that way. I got this crazy, just intuitive message kind of to go to a shelter and get a cat. This was three years ago and it was Hudson. And I now know we have past life connections and he's like my healer. He's the reason I ever slowed down enough to know that I had an issue that I needed to go to the doctor. So he's like my little healer. He has a sweet, sweet energy, actually. Yeah. Very patient. Yeah. He likes you.
1: Very soft, too. He's so soft. Hi, bunny.
0: You look Mm -hmm. like a bunny rabbit. Right? I call him that. He looks like a bunny rabbit. I call him my little bunny or my mouse. (laughs) I
1: know. So, um... Yeah, having the unconditional love is such a huge part of of healing and I I kind of talked to a lot of Lyme patients over email or phone calls and love heals all love heals all self love I mean that's that's really that was the main lesson is that deep deep understanding of how to genuinely unconditionally love yourself as you would your pet As you would your baby, and that's that that gentle, nurturing love is what I what I learned for myself, and it was it was just such a great lesson for me, and I'm really grateful that I get to continue to do that for myself and for my baby and for my little girl. Yeah, cool.
0: (laughs) That is so true, and it's so important to remember because when you feel sick, and when I feel sick, I know you can. Push that love away sometimes
1: mm-hmm. and push do away get those angry, close to
0: you. Right. Frustrated with your
1: body. Why do you feel like, why can't I just get up and do this? Why can't my brain just work? Why can't I just be like everyone else and go right. out with my friends? I mean, you get really angry with yourself.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. So that is such an important thing to remember. I'm very glad that you that you said that. Just
1: be gentle with yourself, you know?
0: Yeah, so backpedaling a little bit, just because like, I mean, your story kind of spans your whole life. Yeah. Um, and anyone listening who's read Ali's book, Bite Me, knows a lot of your life, um, like myself. So one of those things that I find just really fascinating is the breakdown that occurred right before you went to a mental institution where you got diagnosed. So. Maybe that's something that you could just talk about a little. I'm sure a lot of
1: people listening can relate, including myself. Sure. It was so strange how it started. And I think it started with a bit of paranoia. You know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was getting into when I did that TV show. I didn't understand what it entailed or anything. And when it was airing, I, I became quite well known. And I really couldn't go anywhere without being recognized. And it made me feel very, very uncomfortable. And so I I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't have a lot of protection around me. So I, I just became a bit paranoid. And I became, there was a lot of anxiety around public appearances. I wanted to only be in safe private places. I had this chronic nausea, like I just like dry heaving nausea, like, couldn't figure out what it was. And I had one doctor just say, honey, you're ha- it's, it's anxiety. You're having panic attacks and the panic attacks are manifesting in the nausea. And I started opening up spiritually because that was a safe place. And that was a, that was a place of protection. And I didn't know which... Lane or path spiritually, I wanted to choose. So I was exploring many different ones. And I just might have opened up a little bit too spiritually, maybe like the crown chakra opened up too much or whatever happened. And then I couldn't hold it. So, you know, you can talk about your body or your, and your even second layer of your body and your aura and your conscious mind as a vessel. And if the vessel is not sealed, and not consciously contained then we can't look, all of the information that comes comes to us we we can't really process properly so i was sort of looking for safe people who could help me on the, on this sort of spiritual quest and i was going nuts while doing it i was going crazy i was you know Picking up on people's futures or pasts and psychically reading all these random people and freaking them out, freaking myself out. And all the while, not feeling well physically. And me just saying to my dad, I, I just, I need help. I need somebody to help me. I need a healer. I need a healer. Well, what can I get you? He said. I said, Well, just get me some pot, just get me some weed and a masseuse and maybe I'll be fine. And that kind of was like, he was like, What? Like, weed and masseuse. Like, this is weird. <clears throat> that was his first red flag because the weed helped my joint pain and the nausea. It's the only thing that helped the nausea. And I couldn't figure out how to, I couldn't eat. The food wasn't, I couldn't swallow food. It couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and so I think I started just leaving, leaving my body and becoming so scattered so incredibly scattered, so obsessed with like, I'd be like, Oh, we, we have to all drink a lot of water and like obsessed with drinking water. Cause I knew I needed to hydrate and flush something out that was in me. And I was writing sort of s- spiritual revelations on walls in my bedroom, like completely nuts. Manic as all hell. Couldn't sleep because Lyme disease, you know, you makes you insomniac. So I couldn't sleep, which, which adds to the psychosis and, um, you know, it was, it was just a lot of, I needed help and how to contain or maybe how to understand what kind of spiritual path to go down. And I needed guidance. So what I learned how to do later on was how to contain the vessel. And sometimes your vessel has to shatter and be glued back together. And and it's actually even stronger. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, you know, I, everybody's brain manifests in different ways or, or the, the way the Lyme disease took over my brain and the bacteria that took over parts of my brain was was scary. It showed up in really scary ways. I wasn't harmful to anyone. I was not harmful to myself or anything like that. I was not like suicidal or depressed. It wasn't like that. And a lot of people's it is. I know a lot of a lot of Lyme patients whose The psychological side of the of the Lyme disease comes out and manifests with depression and suicide, very very much. And suicide is the number one cause of death with Lyme, besides heart failure. Wow! Because people just can't live with it anymore, or they become so depressed and nobody believes them that they just think this is this is there is no point. So it's, it's quite sad. And I'm grateful that that was not my particular experience. Mine was just way wackier. This <laughs> is really wacky and all right. over the place. And um, you know, I just wanted to go to Jamaica. I was yeah. like, just bring me to Jamaica. This That's all. I just need to go to Jamaica and smoke some weed on a beach and just be near a bunch of Rastas. And you know what? That might have been fine. I don't know. But he chose to bring me to the hospital, and <laughs> not to Jamaica. <laughs> that is so funny. And you thought you were going I to Jamaica. I thought I was going to Jamaica. He, like, he was like, okay, Allie, fine. We're going to go to Jamaica. Get in the car. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go pack my bag. Pack my bag. He like force fed me Valium or something, which I totally fought him on. And he like shoved it in my, my poor dad. I mean, the poor guy was being, he was being advised by people who he trusted. He was being advised by some therapist that I'd never met. I mean, he, he the poor guy was desperate and he do what He, he did what he, he thought he needed to do and he did the right thing ultimately, you know? So I got in the car with my bag full of sarongs and shorts mm-hmm. and I was like, you're, we're not, this is not the way to the airport. He's like, honey, we're, we're, I'm going, we're going to the emergency room. And I was like, no, there's going to be people there that are going to recognize me. There's going to be the, the, the cameras. I don't want them to be in the news. I was like freaking out that people were going were gonna to recognize me because that's what was happening left and right. right. And he said, don't worry. We're going to go in the back entrance. I have a safe doctor in a private room. Don't worry. And I was like, this so confused. But the volume I think had kicked in. Uh huh. <laughs> so you're kind of going with I was plug. like, all right, whatever. And, uh we got there and the doctor let me play with a purple glove and he injected me with something. And I woke up in a psych ward the next day. Wow. It was dramatic, traumatic, necessary, probably. And it was just, just just my story, you know? And, and by the way, the months that I was in the hospital, I was in the hospital for four months. The hospital, and then long they you go to like a little house where you live with other people. And the other people were all addicts and alcohol. I was like, what the where am I? Like this is yeah. so weird. I did not get it. And uh, you know, I it was a very dark time. It was a very de- that was probably the most depressed I've ever felt. And I felt so misunderstood. And um you know, thank God for the, the doctor there who was who was sort of awake a little bit and spiritual and she understood. And, um, you know, I met some nice people and everything and I learned how to take care of myself. And I I lived a very sort of grounded, quiet, structured existence, which is what I needed. But um, it was just so freaky. It was so wild and scary and foreign and, and depressing, to be honest. It was really depressing. Yeah, I smoked a lot of cigarettes. Right. <laughs> it was like chain smoking American spirits, and thank God I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. I think that's that's not good for Lyme disease. No, at all. But you were just looking for something to comfort you, to relax, and to cope, <laughs> right?
0: To yeah. relax you during this crazy yeah. time. It was wild. That is so wild. Mm-hmm. So when you were opening up psychically and spiritually, although it was. coupled with a breakdown and all this crazy stuff happening. Is that something that you
1: still are able to tap into? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pretty private about it. So I don't publicly talk about that side of myself. It's just a very personal part of my life. And I, I am just always continuing on the path toward enlightenment. That's so cool.
0: I mean, that's amazing. And It goes very much along with what I believe about chronic illness and those of us who get sick. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes it is the soul's way of shaking us and waking us up to something much, much, much bigger, which goes along too with just how your beautiful, positive outlook on everything and how you've come to such a wonderful place. We all have these crazy journeys and we don't know why they're happening the way that they do while they're happening, but they always work out. I mean, the path is not always easy at all, but there's always a purpose for it. That's yeah. how I
1: feel. Yeah. And, 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 and that is what got me through many hard times is knowing that there could be a purpose and also keeping my eye on this goal, on this sort of visual of a day, a day in the life, for example. And then the day in the life that I visualized for myself was me completely healthy, having an amazing clothing line, having a child, having a really healthy, full, beautiful, balanced, gorgeous relationship with a, with a man and, and being really happy and free and being with my friends. And I kept my, my mind's eye on that, on that visualization. And I thought, okay, that's what what I'm doing this for. I'm doing this to be an awesome mother, a great partner, a creative person, which I, that's what I, in essence, I am. I'm a creative being. We all are. We all are, no matter how it manifests. Right you know, and I I think people who think that they're not creative are just lying to themselves. Everybody is creative. It just, it just shows in different ways. And, um, and I worked so damn hard on, on that picture. And I live that picture now today. So what's your, what's your picture that you want to, what's your little goal, the, the day in the life of? Yeah.
0: Well, I love that you ask. It's something I think about frequently for me. A big part of it is having energy, like being filled with this somewhat limitless energy that, even though I know that's not always realistic, it's something I feel that at one time in my life I had. So, this limitless to me energy that just means I can do everything I want to do in a day, in a week. And I've learned not to push myself so hard, so I'm sure it'll look different than what I thought, maybe what I visualized last year or even six months ago. But currently just waking up and having the energy to get through a really beautiful day. So doing my whole morning routine as I love, waking up, doing kundalini, going to a kundalini class, which I haven't been able to do in almost a year just because mornings are not my friend right now with the insomnia and just waking up and feeling disgusting. Um, So waking up, going to Kundalini, spending a day at the beach in Malibu with people that I love and writing. Writing is my creative form of choice. I just love it. I love writing fiction. I love writing screenplays i just love i'm blogging of course and when your brain is all foggy and you're not feeling well that is not it doesn't happen
1: that's that's a tough that's very tough right and, and reading is tough hard yeah too. Right, yeah
0: and um and being a mom too i mean that's a huge part of my passion and visualization for healing and getting better i cannot wait to have a family and. Write cookbooks and you know, like write these beautiful, just healthy recipes that I will feed to my family. And I know I'm pulling from like all sorts of places of what I see, but I just see pull this, from everything. Right, I mean, just, like just go beautiful, for it. It's, it's totally limitless. Yeah, just this bubble of energy and happiness around me, and being surrounded by the healthy people that I am now. That are yeah. you know just so here for me. So. It is quite a contrast to my current current life. But but you're working toward it. I'm working toward it. And a lot of what I'm doing now, I see myself doing then too. Panchakarmas, um, working with my Ayurvedic doctor, doing infrared sauna like three times a week. These are things that I want to carry with me and continue to do when I'm healthy and when I'm all better so that I can just continue to detox everything that I need to. And also I see myself doing a lot of work for the Lyme community like you do, which I it's think really is nice incredible. Yeah, And I can't wait to
1: be able to do that and speak from a place of heal. You're healing. doing it now, you know, and I think that that's huge sort of missing factor with people who are, who are sick right now. Is they think that they're not able to give back and actually giving back and talking to other Lyme disease patients and just being available for somebody else and giving back and just making a phone call and saying, How are you feeling today? I think that is a huge, huge element to healing, you know, and, and just saying, Hey, how are you feeling today? I just wanted to check in. And, you know, I, I, saw this cool thing yesterday that I wanted to share with you and, and and creating a little bit of a community around you because that's what we need in these kind of lonely desperate crazy times of of illness.
0: Yeah, I completely agree and that is something that's getting me through right now is just being able to even host this podcast and speak To whoever is listening, about the really challenging things that we go through with chronic illness and being sick and not feeling well, and kind of just reminding everyone, including myself, that that's okay. Mm And we don't have to meet this crazy ideal that we have for ourselves in our head. And that can change. And yeah, I look forward to, I don't know what it will be, but some kind of healing path of whether it be. Writing books and sharing through sharing my experience, or maybe going down one mm-hmm. of these healing paths mm-hmm. like Ayurveda um, or many of the
1: others. That would so, be cool, right? Yeah. So
0: I have I have so many. Like my brain is just constantly thinking of all these things that I'm so excited to do, and who knows which of them I will do. But I know. Getting healthy. Well, now you're exploring
1: all of them, right? And how cool for is yourself? That? I mean, yeah. that's that's so cool. I mean, it's not pa- it's not pain free, but it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's interesting. You do get to sort of explore different avenues, and it might it might guide you toward what you want to do ultimately, right? And it's very cool to be forced to take a step back
0: from your life so that you can rebuild it in different areas. So I'm taking all the positives mm-hmm. that I can get which brings me to a question for you which is what do you feel the best the best thing that came from having Lyme has been for you
1: learning learning about the focus wheels and the writing the written intentions exercises was incredible um learning about different anti-inflammatory diets that just help in daily life period amen learning how to slow down, learning how to not take life too seriously and be gentle with myself, and also learning how to be grateful in every single day. Because even if we're sick, we have it way better than other people, which shouldn't diminish what you're going through. It just adds perspective. And waking up every day and, you know, knowing at least five to 10 things that i'm grateful for for that day makes my day better and and i think that even even when i was sick i was able to do that which i was really grateful for it it brought it brought me it brought me to a place of valuing health more than i would have in the past so yeah and that's a great
0: that's a great thing i mean those are so many wonderful things and But being sick was part of your path. And if that's what came from it, then that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And now you are living the life that you visualized with your daughter and your husband and your clothing line and this energy that you have. So tell us more about what your daily life is like now.
1: Oh, okay. Let's see. I wake up. My daughter, <laughs> our daughter gets into bed with us at about two 30 in the morning. Oh, my! <laughs> all snuggle. So cute. Wake up. I make her breakfast and we sit together and have breakfast and, uh, we, uh, I make her her little lunch and bring her to school Uh come home and either actually after school, I love going to the, to the store and getting some flowers to bring home and arranging the flowers in the house or, or taking a little Um, a little exercise class if I'm up for it, which is very rare because I do not like exercising. Mm -hmm. Um, Meeting up with a friend and going into the studio and working on my clothing line, doing some sketches, working with fabrics, going to a trim store. And uh, then I go and pick my daughter up from school, bring her home, start making dinner, have a little dinner with her, give her a bath and go to bed at like 930 It's really nice. That's amazing. (laughs) And once in a while, my husband and I will have a dinner with somebody or or each other. But uh, it's it's just we have a nice little life. It's really really enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you live in Silver Lake. Yeah, which I love. I love Silver Lake so much. I love it too. I always say when I go over there, it kind of feels like going to a different city than over here. Yeah, it is totally. They're just so different. Yeah but it's amazing. It's
1: a very like very a lot of communities. So I have a mm-hmm. lot of friends who I've met through having a child or or otherwise and just interesting creative people that I love getting together with during the day and we and we either collaborate or we help each other on our different projects. It's just it's really fun to have a very collaborative c- creative community of people.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. What's well, so inspiring to me to see how healthy and amazing and vibrant you are you. and you
1: just glow from the inside out and oh, so do you you're, I mean even if you're going through this you have a very very kind of clean energy about you thank you
0: thank you so much mm-hmm. so final question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast if you were a color what color do oh, you oh maybe be? purple maybe lavender and purple I could totally see yeah. that such a fun, light one. I love it. Lavender today, yeah. Today could be <laughs> yellow tomorrow. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Always changing. Yes. Um. So tell
1: everyone where they can find you, your book. Everything. Absolutely. So, um, if you go to at Ali Hilfiger on Instagram, I'm very present on Instagram. Not so much Facebook and Twitter, although I try here and there com is my website, and it's just sort of a fun little way to, to have an inside glimpse into my creative world. And there's a link to my book, Bite Me the Book. And you, you know, just check out. We have a podcast too called Sit In Podcast. You, you can get on iTunes, and we did season one, and now we're sort of reevaluating and figuring out what to do for season two. My husband and I um, started Sit In together where we interview creative people about their process and what inspires them and what their point of view is in the creative world. So cool. It's really fun. So fun that you guys do it together. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's great. I mean, he's an artist, so it's, he, he sort of is great with interviewing the artists and I'm really great with interviewing the fashion people. <laughs> yeah. Which is
0: perfect. <laughs> yes, you get perfect.
1: the best of both worlds. Totally.
0: Yay. Well, thank you for being here. This was so amazing. Thank you, so, Jordan. So happy to Good have you. Good luck with you. everything.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yes. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Allie. She is a wealth of knowledge. She does so much for the Lyme community. I am in awe of the way that she carries herself. She's just So helpful and positive and humble and spiritual, friendly, down to earth. I love her. I could rave on and on about her. I think she's incredible. So definitely check her out. Follow her, Ali Hilfiger. Read her book, Bite Me. It's amazing, life-changing. You will love it. Um, And I hope you feel a lot more educated about Lyme. And if you do have Lyme or any other chronic illness, you are not alone. If you love someone or are caring for someone who is sick, you are a saint. You are also not alone. Soon I want to do an episode with Jonathan and someone from my family, maybe my mom, to talk about what it's like to love somebody and take care of somebody who is suffering because that's a whole conversation in itself. I wanted to thank you guys well, for listening, and remind you about our sponsors because I know sometimes the episodes get long and then you're just like, oh, I don't even remember what was in the intro. And in the intro, we had an amazing discount code for Hum Nutrition, which is soul, at checkout, S-O-U-L, at humnutrition.com for 20% off all my favorite natural and organic beauty supplements. We had Omax 3 Ultra Pure, the omega threes that I live by live for they give me energy and brain focus and help with joint pain so cool um go to tryomax.com slash blonde for a free box with whatever else you buy on their website and we have Rossa coffee And I've been talking to the people over at RASA for a long time. And we finally, finally just started working together. So I'm really happy. Um, They're a small family company. And, you know, that's always really important to me to support amazing humans like that who are working with adaptogens and Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine and herbalism to bring products to the market that are great alternatives for coffee and all sorts of other things. So like I said, I use mine with my Four Sigmatic and the products are different from each other because Four Sigmatic is mushrooms, mushroom coffee, and then Rasa uses a wide range of adaptogens and herbs and they really complement each other very well. So to get your 15% off, use blonde, rossacoffee.com. And if you're looking to continue the conversation with high vibe humans who listen to this podcast, then head over to Facebook, join the Soul on Fire podcast tribe. I will add you and you can chit chat and hang out with us, meet friends from all over the world. We also have our high vibe, chronic Lyme and chronic illness tribe on Facebook that I started and I honestly have to say being in that Facebook group is the one place right now in my life where I actually feel very understood and not alone because people are asking questions in there and having conversations about things that are so meaningful to my heart and everything I'm going through right now. So I can only imagine if you're going through something similar or worse or whatever else, um, then you know what's up and join join our tribe. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. I have so much more to say. It makes me feel like I should record a solo episode after I finish. Doing this. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Well, we definitely have a solo episode coming up soon. So enjoy my rambles. That's just how it is these days with the brain fog and everything in life. Head over to Instagram. Say hi on The balance Blonde. I love to hear from you guys. I love to repost your stories of you listening to the podcast. I love to answer your questions when I see them. So just say hi. I really do this show for you guys. I know it's a lot of me talking, so it might seem like I'm doing it for me because I like to talk, Um, but I'm really doing it for you and I enjoy it or else I wouldn't do it. So let's chat. Let's hang out. Let's get to know each other. Love you guys. Have a wonderful, beautiful soul on fire day. Bye.